Frequency Matters, the RF and Microwave Update Series. I'm Pat Hindle, and I'm here with my co-host, Gary LaRude. In this episode, we're going to take a look at our October Passive and Control Components issue. The cover feature is about PCB design considerations for millimeter wave applications. So it kind of reviews the PCB manufacturing constraints and the effects that it has on high-frequency design. So Gary, what do we have for other technical features? Well, we have an interesting mix this month uh, from uh, Marquee Microwave. They compare the capabilities of mimic filters to thin film, laminate, lumped element, and cavity filters, and they argue the time has come for mimic filters. And then many of our viewers probably know that in a VCO, the main single sideband noise contribution comes from the transistor's intrinsic noise, as well as the contribution from the tuning diode. Well, we have an article by Ulrich Rohde and several co-authors that covers the theory of those noise contributions and then describes the development of a tuning diode that actually reduces the contributed noise. We have a special report from Knowles Precision Devices. They describe recent government studies and recommendations for using commercial components in space missions. And of course, that's a hot topic. And then our Fabs and Labs this month profiles Urzia. They're a supplier of RF microwave components and subsystems based in Santander, Spain. And this growing company, I found out, was born out of the telecom collapse of 2001. So a good mix. Yeah, and as our longtime sponsor, I wanted to note that RFMW is highlighting Menlo Micro, who has uh, released their first generally available high-power SP4T Ideal MEM switch. The new technology platform enables robust and reliable switches, and they're capable of greater than 25 watts of CW power handling at 6 gigahertz. So this is the MM5120, and it provides low insertion loss and high linearity from DC to 18 gigahertz, with greater than 3 billion switching cycles guaranteed at plus 85 degrees C. And it features an integrated driving circuit with SPI and GPIO interfaces to control and integrated charge pump at, to drive the gate. And this is well suited, especially for replacing the large electromechanical switches, as well as some of the RF and microwave solid state switches when applications where the linearity insertion loss are critical. And you can find these products uh, based on Menlo Micro's ideal MEM switch technology from their distribution partner, RFMW. So turning to the news, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the potential of private networks as a growing market. And the Global Mobile Suppliers Association said that it's tracking 889 organizations deploying LTE and 5G private mobile networks in one or more locations. And to date, they noted that they have identified 66 mobile operators in 70 countries that are organizing uh, private networks in one or more areas. So it's definitely a growth area to, to keep an eye on. Then I also saw that the LoRa Alliance announced that they have expanded the LoRa Wide Area Network Link Layer Standard to the addition of a relay specification. So the relay allows the battery-operated, easy-to-deploy network coverage extensions you know, at a fraction of the cost of it adding additional gateways. And so this allows LoRa Wide Area Networks to achieve excellent coverage and use cases that require like deep indoor or underground coverage or relay data on satellite-connected networks. And this is really going to help uh, deploy those networks at a lower cost. So, Gary, what did you see in the news? A couple items from here. Uh, Qualcomm is putting their weight, even more weight, uh, toward Open RAN. They introduced a new platform for Open RAN infrastructure. 
and it comprises uh, an integrated element that covers the RF to modem and then an accelerator card enabling cloud-native virtualized 5G networks. So if you look at the full system, it supports front hall, beamforming, and simultaneous 64T, 64R massive MIMO. And then a second item I thought interesting, Samsung recently outlined its process and 3D packaging roadmaps for Foundry customers, and it plans to introduce a 2 nanometer gate all-around process in 2025 and then drop that to 1.4 nanometers in 2027. And it currently has an 8 nanometer RF process and is developing a 5 nanometer version of that. And uh, you may not be aware, but Samsung has a fab currently in Austin, and they're building a second one in Taylor, Texas, which is just northeast of Austin. Yeah, there's always a lot of developments on the semiconductor front these days. It's really an emphasis in all the countries. So uh, turning to events, the GSMA successfully concluded the first edition of Mobile World Congress Las Vegas, and this is in partnership with CTIA. Uh, this is a North American edition of the Mobile World Congress uh, series, and they hosted 8,200 attendees, and that doubled the number from last year when it was in L.A., California. The attendees were from nearly 100 countries, and they convened to see more than 300 exhibiting companies and over 300 conference and partner speakers. So it was a pretty good event. Um, I think it'll be bigger next year. Like we're seeing a comeback now from COVID that we're getting to about, you know, maybe 70% of attendance. So hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be closer to 100%. And then you and I, Gary, we went to Milan and we attended European Microwave Week. And again, attendance there was very good. They had yeah. kind of a surge in the last couple weeks in registrations. So the conferences, uh, sessions were very full. The exhibition was pretty busy. And I think everybody was pretty pleased with that. I think from my perspective, the one trend I saw was all the test and measurement companies now have like complete D-band setups. And I think this is being driven by some of the 6G research funding and other high frequency applications. So they're kind of exploring the lower hundreds of gigahertz uh, frequency ranges. So very interesting that everybody's really uh, being able to leverage their uh, technology into those areas. And also we were in the defense forum and there we saw a lot of um, coverage of GAN technology and artificial intelligence kind of its impact on the future of EW and radar systems. So uh, Gary, what were your thoughts on the conference? Well, I agree with you. I thought it was well attended and uh, a really vibrant uh, vibe, if you will. Um, everybody I talked to, there's a positive outlook for the industry. Clearly RF microwave, millimeter wave is core to telecommunications, it's core to defense, it's core to space. And all those uh, market areas are, uh, are growing, maybe not for the right reasons, but they're definitely growing. And one of the things that I think is a good illustration of this is if you look at the new entrants with product market strategies that are based on compound semiconductors. Uh, we heard about Icana earlier this year. They had a nice presence. Uh, Altum RF, of course, has been in the market for a couple of years. And then we had a new one, Gallium Semiconductor, that really unveiled themselves at European Microwave. And uh, I was surprised, given the uh, startup nature of the company, they have a pretty good list of products already. So I think the new entrance coming into the market is uh, a good sign of the health of the industry. And of course, uh, we can't uh, forget that EDICon Online has started. Our first week yesterday, we focused on signal integrity and power integrity. 
Next week, the theme will be 5G, Wi-Fi, and IoT, followed by PCB Interconnect in week three and Radar, Automotive, and SATCOM in week four. So you can check out the program at edicononline.com and register for the presentations that interest you. And it doesn't matter if they've already happened, you can always watch the recording or you can sign up for the ones to come. Yeah, I thought the keynote for the Signal Integrity Power Integrity kickoff was great. Uh, it's kind of a historical look at how signal integrity and power integrity developed over the years and became a, a mainstream uh, design technique that people are using and how they were named signal integrity engineers. So it's very interesting to check out. Yeah, if uh, people miss that, you should really go back and watch it. It's a, it's a great uh, production, great historical look. And so there are some upcoming events that are continuing on in this month. Uh, we have IEEE Phased Array Conference in Waltham, Mass., which is right in our backyard. So I'll be swinging by there on next Tuesday. We have a tabletop in the exhibition, so it'll be just really interesting to learn about what are the latest technologies in antenna design and phased arrays. Uh, there'll be a lot of local companies there and some international. I saw a lot of the European radar companies are also participating. Yeah, that's always a good conference, a lot of uh, interesting material. And then uh, coming up the end of the month, Association of Old Crows in Washington, D.C. That's the last week of October. I think, Pat, you, Mike, and Carl will be there. Is that right? Correct. So people can uh, catch us there if you haven't seen us already. Well, I think that wraps up another episode of Frequency Matters. Today's sponsor is RFMW a technical distributor focused on RF, microwave, and millimeter wave products, and they truly represent the leading companies in the industry from antenna to baseband. So start your next design project at rfmw.com. We'll be back in a couple weeks for another episode of Frequency Matters. In the meantime, check out microwavejournal.com to keep up with the latest industry news. You can peruse our technical articles and listen to our podcasts. And if you're not getting the monthly subscription to Microwave Journal, it's free. You can sign up at the website. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you in a couple weeks.